Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good, good. Um, I know, I know. I've got my cane again. And everybody's like, what happened? What's going on? Nothing. It's, it's these uh, gout um, flare-ups. And so I had a flare-up yesterday. Um, it could be just I'm allergic to putting up Christmas lights. It could be that. <laughs> I'm not sure. It could be that. It's a possibility. I'm not narrowing that out, you know. Um, but maybe. Maybe. I haven't gotten any presents yet, so we'll have to test that. Um, but uh, maybe. All right. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to be here with you today. Is my mic on my bell working for online people? Good. good. All right. We, we've got the right button pushed, um, so we're good for that. All right. Do we have some uh, paper Bible people in the house today? Woo! Yeah? Got some paper Bibles? Yeah, there they are. Cool. Paper Bibles in the house. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to hang out there today, and uh, we're going to talk about the whole Anybody want to talk about the Holy Spirit yes. today? Yes. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and how He is our compass. Can somebody say compass? compass. That is the title of today's message is compass. The Holy Spirit is our compass. And um, I don't know if any of you like have ever even used a compass. How many people in here have used a compass before? Oh, okay. we got a few, like Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and things like that. I don't, do Girl Scouts use compasses? I don't know. I don't know. You need compasses to... Yeah, no, I'm not, I don't know. I've never been a Girl Scout. I'm, it's not judgmental. I've just never been. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Um, but um, if you've used this before, you, you know it can be kind of challenging, right? It, it's like trying to figure out, like, where, is, it, is it pointing north? Is it not? Where am I going? I don't know. Like, uh, I know in, uh, Marine, in the Marine Corps, we had to do uh, land nav, uh, land navigation. And it was pretty hilarious to watch all of these guys try to figure out how to use this compass and how to find all these points. Um, for land nav. You, you remember that, John? Yeah, John's smirking over here um, as he's watched young Marines try to figure out where they're going. And uh, it's, it's pretty funny. It, it, I mean, if we had to do that today, let's say we didn't have GPS right, in our cars and we had to do it with a, a compass, how many marriages would make it that? With on somebody. Like, there's, there's some arguments happening there. But uh, let's go ahead and jump into Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. And it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then, somebody say then. then. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Verse 17. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit does. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what our sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly, somebody say constantly. Constantly, constantly fighting. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions, verse 18. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. Oh, who, who doesn't like to follow rules? Some rule breakers in here? You're like, I'm not sure if I should raise my hand or not. I have some rule breakers in here, or at least rule I have some rule benders. You know, it says, it says 70, and I'm going 75-ish. Right? We have some rule benders, okay? We'll, we'll just we'll call it that so you feel better about it. You know what? following the spirit there's no rules <laughs> who, who gets excited about that yeah. when you're following the spirit of god there's no rules because the spirit of god won't make you break any rules isn't that amazing how that works so you follow the spirit of god, you have you are not under the obligation of the law of moses it means that you're not going to sin because you're following the holy spirit of god amen come on there's a way out amen <laughs> verse 19 when you follow the desires of nature however result very clear sexual immorality impurity Lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, 
sin, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parts, and other sins like these. It's weird, doesn't it? Some of us have lived in those places. Just a few? Okay, good. Let me tell you again, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit, come on, somebody say but. But. I love God puts his butt in the middle of our circumstances yes. right here. But the Holy Spirit produces the fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kind, goodness, faithfulness, and control. There is no law against these things. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have nailed the passions. Ooh, that sounds so good. Have nailed the passions of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Verse 25, since we are by spirit, let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not be conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you made a way out. God, that if we just follow your Holy Spirit, we put our simple desires on the cross and crucify them, that we can be without sin. We can be in a place of, of your fold of fruit in our lives as we follow you. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to guide us. Guide us today as we get into your word. Guide us today as we, after we leave church, after we leave the, your presence in this area, God, I pray that your presence would go with us. Holy Spirit, you'd guide us from one place to another. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 So, compass, back to the compass. When, when we use our sinful nature as a compass, it leads us astray, doesn't it? Like when we, when we do what, what our, our own desires, I mean, think about sometimes those desires that you're like, oh, I just, this is what I want. These are the things. And I, I know this can be a hard message, especially before Christmas, right? Where I already did all my Christmas shopping so I can feel my guilt right now, right? So is that anybody feeling that, right? You're like, oh, I desire this thing. But you know what? It's not about the things. You know, it, you can have things. So go ahead and neighbor right now. You can have things. You can have things. It's okay to have things. Where it becomes a problem is when the things have you. Does that make sense? So you can have things. You can have lots of things. But the problem becomes when, when the things have you. When your sinful nature, when the things that you crave have you. When, and so as we follow the Holy Spirit, you'll see less and less of your old and more and more of Jesus in your life. Is anybody with me? Yeah. And that's, that's our goal. That's our goal in life is uh, to let the Holy Spirit be our compass. So here's point number one for my note takers. I will set my compass to the Spirit's true north. I will set my compass to the Spirit's true north. You know what happens when we, when we set our compass to our true north? What ends up happening, and I, I know when we read this scripture, it sounds like we're all just really terrible human beings. And, and I would think if we look around the room, we don't think that we're terrible, right? Like, we're not, we're not that bad. I mean, I, I've maybe only done like two or three of those really bad things. I'm not that bad. Does anybody ever feel that? But here's the thing. Even, even your goodness, even, even the, the goodness of your nature, like you might be a really good person. Like, if anybody were to talk about you, they'd be like, oh my gosh, she's so amazing. Oh my gosh, he, he's an incredible man, right? They might say those things, but here's the thing. When we set our true north, it doesn't always mix with everyone else's. Because what everyone else is right and what you think is right are not what's right always. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, because we have limited perspective. Yeah. We have limited understanding. Yeah. We have limited, we're limited. Somebody say, I'm limited. I'm limited. I'm limited. We're limited. But can I tell you who's not limited? The Holy Spirit. Come on. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's not limited. He, he, he knows where true north is. And if we are all following his true north, oh, 
What kind of unity does that create? Think about it for a minute. You know, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I've watched the church over the last decade and a half just eating each other alive yeah. at one church over another church. And, and you know, as I'm flipping Facebook or my Instagram, I follow a lot of different pastors. And there's a lot of pastors that are talking about other pastors and why they're, why they're wrong and why we're right. Can I, tell you, can I be honest with you? If that's what we're spending time doing, then we're, our true north is not on the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Yep. Now, I'm not talking about the pastors who are talking bad about the other pastors. Are you with me? Like, I don't have it all figured out. Yeah. I'm, not the, I'm not the true here. I'm going to tell you who the true north is, yeah. and it's not me. Yeah. And it's not, it's not Pastor Driscoll. And it's not Pastor Joel Osteen. It's not Pastor, you know, Stephen Furtick. It's not, none of these guys are true north. None of these women are true north. It's the Holy Spirit who is our true north. If we follow the Holy Spirit, we'll see the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. If we follow the fruit of Justin you're going to get jacked up. Are you with me? Like something's going to go wrong because Justin's not perfect. He doesn't have this figured out. I mean, Chelsea's just nodding her head more than I've ever seen her nod her head before. It's like, goodness gracious, she's going to hurt her neck. Somebody pray over her around in the name of Jesus. But we are not each other's true north. That means you don't get to be each other's Holy Spirit. Are you with me? That means that you don't, you're not the one who convicts. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit convicts. So as you follow him, you, you'll see what were those other fruits I mean it was I mean we read all the bad stuff what was the good stuff again peace joy mm, love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control these are things that should be said about you because that's where your compass is pointing are you with me and other things come on I mean drunkenness selfishness selfish ambition I know it's it's easy to go I don't get drunk I don't have wild parties I don't I don't I don't have bad sex morality like there's the good morality and there's the i mean no there isn't right but it's it's just what we where we draw the line of what sexual morality is i mean where jesus drew the line versus where even moses drew the line moses said don't commit adultery jesus said if you get a woman in love or you've already committed adultery in your heart so jesus drew a different line than moses drew he drew a more strict that's true. So then when we start to look at sexual morality, we're like, well, I, I don't do Moses' sexual immorality, but Jesus' sexual morality, I, I've fallen short on that area. Is anybody, right? Anybody with me? So all the other things, that's our, that's our flesh that just kind of beats us up. But the Holy Spirit, oh, there is no, there is no rule and against the Holy Spirit. We let, we, let, we let that spiritual fruit just shine. Amen. Let's read chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding verse seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path take you know what i think for me i consider myself a pretty logical person do i have any logical people out there no 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 we, we, we we're all just super emotional people where are my emotional people out there like your emotions wherever they go they're leading you you know and then we have we have some logical people out there where your logic is leading you like nope this is what means is what we're going to do right and so but you know what? Neither of those are a good true north. Neither of those. Yeah. Yeah, usually those two get you're right. Um, usually it's one is emotional and one is more logical, right? Is that true in your marriage? Like you can kind of raise one so you don't get hit, you know? <laughs> but like that is not us at all. That is not us. We are Holy spirit-driven couple. That's what we do. Here's number two. I will try my good logic for God logic. I read my good logic, God logic. <laughs> what does that mean? What does it mean? Because you know what? 
a lot of times our logic will tell us not to do something when the Holy Spirit says to do something. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times logic will tell us to do something when the Holy Spirit might tell us not to do something. Yeah. Are you with me? Sometimes we say, okay, well, this makes sense to me, so I'm going to do this. And the Holy Spirit's like, that's not what I have for you. Yeah. Come on. Has anybody ever fallen into that? Yeah. You know what? Sometimes the biggest enemy to God's greatness is the goodness in your life. Come on. Come on. I mean, those other things, when we're looking at sexual morality, we know to stay from that. We still go to it sometimes because that's our flesh, right? And we give into our flesh. But here's the thing. We know that those things are bad. But what do you do when you're faced with a good decision and a God decision? Those are harder. Because this is good. No one's going to disagree that this is good. That I that I go and do. I start. I start this business, or I go get this job, or or I date this person. These all seem to be good things. Right? Well, sometimes good things are the enemy to God's greatness. Sometimes it's those good things that are distracting to keep you from getting to what God wants you to go. Are you with me? Sometimes we're so focused on what we want, what we think we want, what we think we need, what society says that we should have that we forget to ask the Holy Spirit, where are you in this? Good. Where are you in this? I would, I would so far go to tell you, ask, ask God about everything. And if he doesn't say anything, that's your permission to do whatever you need to do. Are you with me? Because you ever ask God, like, God, should I take this job? Should I not take this job? And he doesn't say anything. You ever had that? A lot of times that's him saying, I will be there with you, whichever one you go. Now, if he says, and if you're like, oh, dude, I really want this. And God's like, no, I think you should take that. And you're like, oh, but I don't want that. You ever heard that? Yeah. Right? You're like, oh, then, then you'll know the difference between a, a good decision and a God decision. Because you're going like, ah. Oh. And, you know, here, here's a for instance. Uh, when I got out of the Marine, it was 2009. The economy was terrible. And I had two options. I had a, a mentor in my life, a gentleman who offered me an $80,000 a year job. Now, some of us, even $80,000 a year right now would be awesome. But think about that being back in 2009, right? right? $80,000 a year is a lot of money back then, right? But for, for here today, you know, like, hey, I need a second job just to survive even with $80,000 a year. But it, I had these options. I had this good option of 80 grand a year, right? I'm like, dude, this is somebody I trust. This is somebody I love. This is somebody I respect. He's offering me a job at a company. And then I had dollars an hour, right? Now some of you are like, what? That's highway robbery. That's what it was back in 2009 was, was minimum wage. I, and I think 750 to be honest. But I was 750 an hour or $80,000 a year. And I had this at Subway. Is there, is there a question? Is, right? Anybody? They're like, what would I do? Uh, duh. <laughs> like go and work for your friend, right? It makes sense. But I prayed about it. I felt like God said, don't do it. What do you do in that moment? Go tell life, I'm going to give up $80,000 a year for $7.50 an hour. Oh, Are you with me? Yeah. Any wives have a question about that? Have a problem with that? Like, <laughs> you're, oh, you're such a good provider. I mean, you bring a, a free sandwich home every night. Like, this is incredible. <laughs> right? Any? I mean, Subway's good. Subway's good. <laughs> but in the midst of it, when I prayed about it, I sat with the Lord. He said, don't, don't do it. And then I had to tell my friend, God told me not to do it. And he's looking at me like, I'm a God-fearing man. I, God didn't tell me not to do it. Like, why tell you not to do it? Why would he tell you not to work with me? And he looked at me like, Justin, do you understand saying no to? Like, you're going back to Subway and not work with me? Why would you do this? This doesn't make any sense. 
but this is what the Holy Spirit told me to do. And I have to do what he's telling me to do. Mm-hmm. Now, within, within that year, that company went bankrupt. He didn't know that was going to happen, but the Spirit knew. You know what I mean? And, and my wife and I, oh my goodness, we learned some of the best things about tithing during that season because we had no money. <laughs> Isn't that amazing, right? You, you, the best the learn about money is to not have it. <laughs> you start to learn the value of money. All of a sudden, you know, five bucks to get that pizza from, and this is back then, right? So uh, to get a pizza from Little Caesars, I was like, oh, I can get a $5 pizza and we're going to save up for that. <laughs> Are you with me? And we're going we're gonna to eat this pizza all week. Long. Are you with me? Like, this is not just one meal. But it's amazing how much I learned during that season to not have anything and to trust God. And God provided for us in crazy, weird ways. Now, I could have done it that way. I could have done $80,000 a year. No one would have blamed me. They would have said, that's logical. That makes sense. But it was not logic. It was good logic. Mm-hmm. And good logic, I mean, teach your kids. Are you ready? This is, this is worth getting gold. Teach your kids to seek the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I, I want my kids to lo- use music. Don't get me wrong. I want them to use their brain. Are you with me? I'm constantly telling them to use their brain. <laughs> Anybody with me, right? Some of you have teenagers, right? It's like you're constantly your kids to use their brain. Come on, like just it's the right way. Figure this out. Use your brain. But you know what? I'd rather that they follow the Holy Spirit because mm-hmm. there's going to be things that their brain will not be able to comprehend going to be things, there are things in my life that my brain cannot comprehend. And so I'm first in a lot of ways to follow the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. Uh, I will trade the way I see things for the way God sees things. Come on, can we say that together? I will trade the way that I see things for the way that God sees things. Hmm. You know, I wonder how many of us, that makes you nervous. Does that make you nervous? Ah, but there's no logic in that. Is it hard to go against your own logic? Yeah. I don't know about you, but it's for me. Yep. I mean, when I'm sitting there thinking, like, how am I going to provide for my family, and this is what God's telling me to do? It doesn't make any sense. To it. How many of us have sat in that very seat, and you're nervous to follow God? No one's going to say that in church. You know what? Hey, I'm kind of nervous to follow God. I, I just don't know. Right? I mean, but if we're real about it, sometimes we're like, taking the step of faith doesn't, I mean, when we're reading it here in the Bible, read these stories about people taking a step of faith, we look at them like they're dumb. Are you with me? Like, when you're watching Peter and, he, and Jesus says, come out of the boat, and we're like, it's Jesus, man, come out of the boat. You're dumb to even think about it or wonder about it. And I wonder what Peter's saying when he's sitting there with, with Jesus right now, and Jesus is telling us to do something. And we're like, I just don't know. And he's like, come on, you dummy, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Instead of that eighty thousand dollar year job, you know he told you to trust him. See what his process is. In. Are you? Yeah. Uh, somebody sit, say set. Hope. set. You got to set your hope on Jesus. You got to set your hope on the Holy Spirit. If we set, come on, you, you, you remember those old infomercials? Set it and forget it. You guys remember that? Some of those old infomercials is like, oh, it's just you know, you just go set it and forget it, right? Yeah. Sometimes we need to do that with the Holy Spirit. We need to set our hope and our mind and our heart on the Holy Spirit and then forget everything else. Would that be nice? Mm-hmm. Is anybody with me? Like, you're like, I wish I could do that, but my logic gets in the way, doesn't it? My own emotions get in the way, doesn't it? Right? Just set your hope, set your mindset, set your heart 
on Jesus. Set your heart on the Holy Spirit. Set your heart on the Father God. Set your heart on them. Let me ask you this. What takes more Giving God for the impossible or having the means to fix it, but yet letting God do it in a way? It takes a lot of faith to believe God for the impossible, but to have the ability to do something and God telling you to do it in a way. I'll be honest with you, sometimes it's more faith. It takes more faith to go, I could, I could take care of this. Where are my men at? Do I have some fixers in here? I can fix this. I got this. I mean, watching my dad say, I fix the car. And my mom's like, oh, please try to fix the car. Like, just, just give it to the mechanic. Let the mechanic fix the car, honey. Like, this is so worse try to fix the car. Is anybody with me? Like, we got a few people out there. Like, I've times tried to fix something, and it's made it worse. Is anybody with me? I have the means to fix it. I got this out. This sounds like your husband. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but in the, is it harder sometimes to say, well, God's asking me to do it a different way. Asking me to do it at you know, 50 cents an hour. How many of us, that's really difficult to do? It takes a lot of faith to God. I'm going to do it your way. Mm-hmm. Is anybody with me? Years ago, this, and I know it doesn't look like it right now, for those of you that are new, we had 400 people here on Easter of 2021. Is that right? 2021. People. Can't have 400 people in here now, right? We wouldn't be able to do it in this room. But we had 400 people on Easter, and God told me to do something that I don't like. He said, I'm going to break you if you want more. And I said, well, of course I want more. I want to impact this whole valley. I want to see you just take this place over. So I had to give up my logic for his logic. Are you with me? And I have, a, I have a marketing background, so I know how I know how to market. I know how to get people in here. Not to do it that way. He's asking me to do it his way, and that's been really challenging. I'll be honest with you. And it's been challenging when people look at you and go like, "Hey, what happened to that big church you used to have?" Doing it God's way. Oh, that makes sense. He doesn't. He doesn't want to save people. No, he does. He, he doesn't want them to come in and be entertained. There we go. That's really hard, because I know how to do that. Are you with me? I know how to be funny and be goofy and all those types of things and, and be the marketing guru person, but to actually lead people to Jesus where that's where they find their strength. Are you with me? Not just being a motivational speaker. Right. Are you with me? Yeah. I can go make money being a speaker, but that's not what God's asking me to do. Are you with me? Here's, here's point over. Oh, I'm going to miss a scripture. Let's get it back into scripture here for a minute. Colossians 3, verse 1 through 4. You guys doing okay this morning? Yes. You're kind of quiet. That was good. All right, I want to make sure. It's, it's something that's deeper. It's getting deeper. Verse 1 says, Since you have been raised to new life, set your sights. Somebody say, set your sights. Set your sights. Set your sights on the reality where Christ sits on the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse 2. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Verse 3. For you died to this life. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4, and when Christ, who is, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Here's point number three. I will set my sights on heavenly heights. I will set my sights to heavenly heights. 
this, this gets difficult sometimes, you guys. And I'm just being real with you. Sometimes it's easier to think, if I just go back to the way I did, used to do things, I'll have the results that I used to have. Think about that in some of your own lives, as you might be struggling right now in the middle of Christmas season. I used to make money a different way, and I could go back to that. But maybe God has you right where he wants you. Maybe he's working in and through your life right now, through the circumstances that you're in. And the first thing that you could do is pray against your circumstances. You ever thought about that? I don't know about you, but there's plenty of times where I'm like, God, I don't like my circumstances, and I'm praying for my circumstances to change. How many times have you asked for prayer, and it was based on your circumstances changing? Yeah. Can, you, can you just take this away? Can you just make this better? Can you just fix this, God? And what he's waiting for you to pray for is endurance. What he's waiting for you to pray for is willingness to submit to his will. I'm not saying that everything is his will. Are you with me? When people sin against you and they hurt you, that may not be God's will. Are you with me? That we all have free will. Somebody say free will. free will. We all have free will. If I walk up to Chris right now and thunk him in the head, that doesn't mean that God wanted me to thunk him in the head. And he needs to figure out why God wanted me to thunk him in the head. Are you with me? Yeah. He's like, I don't want to sit in front anymore. <laughs> last, first and last. There you go. There you go. Lucky for you, you can run away. So it'll, it'll be good. Right? Here you go. But in the midst of it, how many times have we done that? And like, oh, there must be a reason for someone else to sin against me. Why God allowed that to happen? Yeah. You know, God will use all things for your good, but that doesn't mean that all things are good for you. Uh, yeah. He'll use all things for your good, but that doesn't mean that all things are good for you. Like, oh, man, that, that sinful old life that you had, that doesn't mean that was good for you. But God will use it for his good. Are you with me? That means the things that happen to you, that doesn't need to define you, but it will help you to help other people. Are you with me? It will help you to use, use it as a platform to bless other people's lives. Are you with me? God will use it for his good, but it doesn't mean it was good for you. Are you with me? All right. God has a bigger vision for your life than you can currently see. Can everyone agree with that? Yes. God has a bigger vision for your life than you can currently see. I think about uh, my kids, like this morning on our way in, um, did anybody see all the uh, hot air balloons out there? It, it's one of the coolest places. Things about living in this place yeah. is seeing the hot air balloons on the morning, right? What a cool thing. And I remember as we were driving this morning, our kids were like, hey, can you see them? And I was on the wrong side of the car. So I couldn't see them because they were over here and I couldn't see through the roof of our car to see them, but they could see them on that side. And isn't it amazing how many times we can't see the future that God has for us? because we don't have the perspective that God has, right? We don't see the bright colors. We don't see those things. All, all maybe we see is the traffic in front of us. Oh, I can't get where I want to go. There's things holding me back. That's all I see. But God's like, no, no, look beyond that. Look, look, look up to the heavens where my help comes from, right? Look up here. See where I'm seeing from. See, I remember being a, a young kid when my dad asked me um, about my faith, because I've had my faith since I was a very young boy, younger than my own son. And I remember my dad saying, like, well, what, is, what does believing in God mean to you? And I had described it like a hot air balloon. It's funny how we live here now. But I was eight, eight years old, and I said, Dad, I kind of see it like this. Like, I'm walking through a maze, and I don't know where I'm going, but God's in a hot air balloon above me, and he tells me to turn left and to turn right when I need to turn. And I can't see ahead of myself, so I don't know where I'm going, but if I just trust God that he can see better than I can, then I'll make it through the maze. And that's how I explained my faith to my father. 
at eight years old. Isn't that crazy? That is so crazy. Because God's vision is bigger. His vision for your life is bigger. What you might see as devastation, he doesn't. What you might see as brokenness, he doesn't. What you might see as nervousness, he doesn't. What you might see as fear, he doesn't. Financial despair, he doesn't. That's not what he sees. He sees the end from the beginning. He says, I've given you life and life more abundantly. I've made a way through the wilderness. There's so many things as you read through the Bible, God's intentions for your life are good things. I have good plans for you, says the Lord. Plans that you will prosper. Are you with me? So if God has these plans, the worst thing we can do is trust our logic. I think if I turn left here, then I'm going to get where I need to go. There's shiny lights. There's things over here. There's, there's benefits to this spot. There's these things. And I think this is where God wants me to go. But I think if we, if we were to set our, our compass to the Holy Spirit's true north and we ask him, God, where do you want me to go? And he tells you to turn right when it's like, that doesn't look good. It's dark down that alley. That doesn't seem like that's going to be the best thing for me to, to have to move next to this neighbor. Right? That doesn't seem like it's the best thing for me, right? To take this job versus that job. That doesn't seem like to apologize for something I didn't do. There we go. That doesn't seem like what's best for me here. Are you with me? It's best that they apologize. Oh, come on, I know we're getting into some real stuff. But we need to set our height, sights on heavenly heights. If we can see from God's perspective, and he says to turn right when it makes the most sense to turn left. We should turn right anyway. Is anybody with me? Yep. Let's do what God says anyway. When people ask you, why did you turn that way? That seemed really dumb. You have to sometimes keep going until you get to the end of that to be able to say, see, this is why God told me to do this. Mm-hmm. But what is it like in the middle? Yeah. What is it like in the middle when everybody else went the other way and they're like, hey, dummy, I told you we should have gone this way. It's so much easier over here. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I wish my way was easier. Right. Because it's not always easier. God doesn't guarantee that it's going to be easier for you. He just guarantees you that he's going to get you through it and it's all going to be for your good. I mean, think about it. When when you think about the Israelites and how they had to walk around in the wilderness for 40 years, do you think that's what God, his best was for them? No. He told them, go and do do this. Take the land. It's it's yours. And then the spies said, hey, God said we can do this. We are well able to take the land because God said. That was their logic. But the logic of everybody else said, no, that's not logical. That doesn't make sense. We can't do this. Right. These guys are huge. They're bigger than us. They will eat us. We're grasshoppers in their sight, the word says. How many times do we feel that in our own lives? What are you facing right now that you need to get your compass out? Is my compass set to my emotions? Is my compass set to my logic? Or is my compass set to the Holy Spirit? Come on. Holy Spirit, where do you want me to go? I want you to go apologize. But I didn't do anything wrong, Lord. He's like, I know. I know. But I want you to go apologize anyway. I want you to go take that job that maybe isn't, doesn't look the best. But I've got intentions for you there. You're going to learn things there that you wouldn't learn the other way. Come on. And how many things, if we set our sights from heavenly heights, we'll see those things disappear. So I want to go back through all, all of our points today. Are you ready? Yes. Point number one. I will set my compass to the Spirit's true north. I will set my compass to the Spirit's true north. Point number two, I will trade my good logic for God logic. I will trade my good logic for God logic. And point number three, I will set my sights to heavenly heights. I want to read back in Galatians again for just a moment. 
because this is where things need to shift in our lives right here, is verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I'm going to ask that our worship team come up. Have we nailed our passions? Have we nailed our desires to the cross? Have we crucified them? Crucifixion, when you looked at it, it was setting an example. A lot of the times the, the Romans, when they crucified someone, is because they broke a law, they did something that, that they didn't like, and so they put them right at the beginning of a city, and they'd be sitting on the cross as you walked in the city, and you would know, oh, I better follow the rules here. I better do what I'm told here, right? How many of us have taken our sinful nature and our sinful desires and put it on that cross to set an example, to say, you know what? When something logical, when something emotional comes at me, I don't make decisions based on those things. My compass is the Holy Spirit. I have crucified those things. They sit out inside. I've, I've put it out there that I don't, these are not things that I engage with. Are you with me? I've, I've crucified them. I think for a lot of us today, it's an important step in our walk with God is to crucify our flesh. I don't know about you, but I still have my own fleshly desires. Is anybody with me? I still have things that I want to do. When I get emotional, you'll see me at In-N-Out or at the burrito shop. That's usually where I'm at when I get emotional. Is that the right choice? No, it's not. It's not what's best for me. Are you with me? But it's what makes me feel good in the moment, right? When I, when I get upset with someone, sometimes I draw away. Does anybody do that, right? Instead of, instead of confronting and being, being the person to say, you know what, I love you and I'm sorry, I messed up, I screwed up, is my fault. Can you forgive me? And even if you're not ready to forgive me yet, I still apologize. Are you with me? How many of us need to crucify our flesh so that we can see the fullness of God in our lives? All of us want that fruit of the Spirit. We all want that. We all want that. But to have that, you have to do this first part. And that's crucifying your old self. Taking that selfish, sinful nature and putting it up on the cross. Jesus already died for that. You don't have to keep going back to it. Amen? You can have breakthrough this morning. You can have breakthrough this morning. Come on. If you're watching online today, you can have breakthrough this morning. This is your moment. This is your time to take that stuff and put it up on the cross. Take that sinful nature. Put your old self up on the cross and say, hey, I'm going to live with Jesus from now on. I don't want to have the same old life. I don't want to come back to the same old vomit. Back to my old nature. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, if this hit, is hitting your heart, and you know what, you've already committed your life to God, maybe, maybe you've prayed the prayer, you've done these things, but there's something hitting your heart today where you're like, I haven't crucified all of my flesh yet. And I want to do that today. I want to do that today in the Spirit. I want to be able to have the Holy Spirit be my compass. If that's you this morning, can you just raise your hand for me? Just going, hey man, that's me. This, this message hit me today in a big way. I'm raising my hand too. I know all your eyes are closed. I'm looking around. but So God, you see our hands this morning. And Lord, we nail our selfish ambition to the cross this morning. We nail our fleshly desires to the cross this morning. And we ask God that you'd change our lives from the inside out. 
Help us to be who you've called and created us to be. Lord, we choose you as our compass to direct and guide us. God, thank you for logic. Thank you for emotion. But those are not my compass. Those just help me along the way. God, I choose you. I choose you to lead me. I choose you to be the Lord of my life instead of my emotions being the Lord of my life, instead of my logic being the Lord of my life. I choose you. Now, if you're here and you haven't given your life to Jesus and this would be your first time doing that, I want to pray with you also because it's a big step. It's a big step to crucify yourself, to, to put yourself up on that cross. It's a, it's a difficult thing to deny yourself and to give yourself completely to God. But as you do that, as you make that commitment, oh man, I wish I could, I wish I could show you in a nutshell everything that God has done in my life so that you could see just how good He is, how much He loves me even though I'm a sinner, even though I screw up, how, how good He is through every season. But if that's you this morning and you haven't yet given your life to God, every, eye, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Those that already know the Lord are praying for you right now to give you strength and, and courage to raise your hand to, to make that commitment. But if that's you this morning, you're like, hey, I'm ready to do this for the first time. If that's you, can you just raise your hand for me? I see a sweetheart back there. That's awesome. I'm proud of you. Is that anybody else? Mm, beautiful. And for those that are watching online, maybe you're in your car or you're at your house or wherever you're watching or listening from, this is your moment too. Because this commitment is made between you and God. It has nothing to do with Pastor Justin or Living Stones Church. It has everything to do with you, the Holy Spirit, the Son, and the Father. You're making a commitment to God right now. And if that's you and, and you're watching right now, God, I just pray. I pray for this young lady here and I pray for these people online. God, I pray that, that you'd bless them in such a way. God, that you'd show them who you are. And when you're making this commitment yourself, you want to pray. And here's how you pray. You don't have to pray anything special. You don't have to say any special words. You talk to Jesus like you're talking to a friend. You say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I've tried to do this without you. I've followed my emotions. I've followed my logic. And I've fallen short every time. And God, I can't do this without you. And so I need you in my life. So I ask that you'd come into my life and forgive me of my sin. God, I'm, I can't do this without you. I need you. And so I commit my life to you today. I'm going to walk away from my old self and I'm going to run to you, Jesus, so I can see you move in my life. I commit my life to you today. In Jesus' name I pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. So excited for you, sweetheart. So excited for those online that made that commitment as well. The Bible says that even if one, even if one commits their life to Jesus, that there's a party in heaven. Just one. Just one. That means that all of this was for you. Just one. Just one. God, I thank you for today. What a special day. A day to be remembered, especially for this young lady. I remember when I gave my life to you. I pray that you'd give her everything and more of what you've given me, Lord. 
I pray that her experience with you would be so intimate and so wonderful. God, that she could hear your voice and know your word. Know the move of the Spirit. I pray, God, that her, her compass be changed out right now in Jesus' name. That from this day forward, she's following you with the Holy Spirit compass. Because I know her life is just going to be a billboard for how good you are. Hmm. You know, I know a, a lot of people came into church this morning hurting. And there's a lot of different kind of hurt in this place. There's a hurt because Christmas isn't going to look like it did last year or the year before. Finances are rough. And so you're hurting. You're like, Black Friday sales, who cares? I can't buy anything anyway. If, that, if you came in here this morning like that, I, I want to pray with you and pray for you. Because I just, I just believe God's going to do something good in your life. And you're going to see something great. But for some of us, too, there's, there's physical ailment that walked in here. I know I'm one of them. Gout flare up, I, this, this could prevent me from going to work tomorrow, and I don't want that. And so for some of us, you came in here hurting this morning, and, and I know a few of them were in our circle this morning. Their backs are hurting, their knees are hurting. Their... And so I just want to pray for those that, that came in with physical ailments as well. And those that are spiritually broken, there's times where holidays and things remind us of the pain that we have instead of the joy that's in front of us right in that moment. Thanksgiving isn't the same when you've lost a loved one. You're trying to be thankful. You're trying to be grateful, but you're trying to wade through the hurt to get there. And so each of you, whether you came in with any of these types of ailments, I want to pray for you today. I want you to lift up your hands to heaven. If any of those things apply to you, just lift up your hands to heaven. We're going to receive from God this morning. God, I thank you that you make a way through the wilderness. God, I thank you for your compass, for your Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us. So Holy Spirit, we give you permission right now to do a work in our lives. You are the healer. You are the provider. God, you, you, you can do all things. And so, God, we sit here this morning hurting in one way or another, and we ask for your healing touch. We ask for that healing touch on our physical bodies. We ask for that healing touch over our minds and our hearts. We ask for that healing touch in, in the middle of our financial despair. God, we ask for your healing touch to come over us this morning. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you care about all these little things things that don't seem to matter, things that we should, we should just be able to get over, but we can't. God, we just put it in your hands right now. You're the way maker. You're the miracle worker. You're, your hands are capable. You're, you're capable to heal our physical bodies. You're capable to come through in financial ways that we didn't even think of. You're capable to heal our hearts and our minds in the middle of the difficulties and challenges that the holidays bring. So God, we just put it all in your hands this morning. Your capable hands. If that was you praying that this morning, can you just say amen with me right now? Amen. Amen. Oh, he's the miracle worker. Amen. He's making a way. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. 
We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstone's Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.